Well, good morning. I would like us to turn in our Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, starting right at the beginning of, of God's Word in the account of creation. We live in a time where we are told that um, creation did not happen as God said it did. Uh, we are told that there is no chance of a literal six-day creation, uh, meaning days can't be 24 hours. We are told that science and evolution have been proven to be correct and that they, uh, it, they prove that there is no literal basis for Genesis chapter 1. And we are told that we must find alternatives to harmonize science with Scripture. But I want to I look at these claims this morning and look at the Scriptures themselves and uh, think both biblically and logically. Because I think we will see that if we, if we look at both biblical reason and logical and philosophical reason, we, we will know that these arguments against Scripture fall flat on their face. So we read in Genesis 1, starting in verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, I'm not going to read all of chapter 1, but I want to skip down uh, in chapter 1 to uh, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish over the sea over the birds and the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth over the creeping things and things that creep on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them now again we are told that Genesis 1 is not to be taken literally. In fact, we, we also extend that argument. They say that Genesis 1 is not to be taken literally. Genesis 2 is not to be taken literally. And by extension, Genesis 3, the fall of man, is not to be taken literally. We are told that we know from science that the earth and the universe took billions of of years to form. Now what's interesting is that a hundred years ago we were at millions of years or even hundreds of thousands of years and the number keeps going up. They keep increasing the number every year it seems. It has to, it has to be more than that because they can't synthesize what they are finding with these dating methods which by the way have been said to only be accurate up to so many thousands 
of years, and then even dating methods, uh, various dating methods that scientists use do not agree with each other. You've got one dating method saying, well, this million years, or one dating saying this billion years, and, and all these things, and they're, they're far cries from each other. They're not even close. Yet this is what we're supposed to trust. This is what we're supposed to say. And the thing is, it's not even science. Because they're trying to explain the origin of something when they can't observe it. They weren't there. They can't recreate it. That's not science. That's man's rationalization. When we have right here in Genesis chapter 1, the very words of the one who did it. The one who created everything. Last time I checked, an eyewitness account beats out any theory someone can come up with. You can come up with all the theories in the world, but if someone actually saw what happened and gives testimony to that, that has the greater weight. And my friends, that is exactly what we have here in Genesis chapter 1. We have an eyewitness account. The Lord God, the Creator, He told us exactly how He did it. It says, He said, and it was there. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And to question the creation account, to question that God said, is first of all, to question God Himself. It questions God Himself. But second, it not only questions God himself and what his testimony is about what happened, it questions his power. To question the creation account and to say that it cannot be literal is to say that God is not powerful enough to have accomplished this. There is no other explanation. You either believe God is all-powerful or you do not. But David, David had to, these things couldn't have happened in, in 24 hours. These things take time to develop. You have to have uh, uh, things growing and processing and maturing. It doesn't happen in 24 hours. Well, let, me, let me ask you this. Remember I said we also want to look at this logically. First of all, I'm going to assume that the Word of God is God's Word, and I'm going to assume that it literally was created, the earth, the universe was literally created in six days, and that it was literally created by man. Remember, they say, but that could not have happened. And one of the major reasons they argue that this could not have happened this way is because they say, look, we can see that the earth is old. Oh, first of all, I'd like to know how they would even know that. How do they know what a young earth would look like versus an old earth? But then they say, well, we know how fast light travels. And we know that there are stars that we see that take billions of years for the light to get here. Therefore, because their light is getting here, we know that this didn't happen in six days.
And if it did happen in six days, those six days had to be billions of years ago. To that I answer this, because remember, I'm going to assume that we have a literal six-day creation. I'm going to assume that God did exactly what He said He did in Genesis chapter 1. And because I assume that, I can say the next thing that I'm about to say. Yes, stars and the light from stars and the universe appears to have some age on it. But my question to these people making this argument is, do you believe, do you believe or do you think I believe that Adam and Eve were created as babies, little infants just laying there helpless. No, they would have been created as at least teenagers in appearance. Why? Because we know that immediately after their creation there at the end of chapter one, God says, be fruitful and multiply. He's not going to be saying that to an infant. He's going to be saying that to somebody who has been developed. Yet we know they're not even 24 hours old. He creates them and says, hey, be fruitful and multiply. Which means they would have had to have had the capacity to actually A, understand this, and B, complete this action. So obviously... Adam and Eve were created with the appearance of age. So why, for those of us who want to believe the Adam and Eve story, now, again, there's people who are going to say that's not even literal, in which I'll address that in a moment. But if we're going to believe the account of Adam and Eve, why do we allow them to be created with the appearance of age, but not the rest of the universe? It's this dangerous game that we play when we try to infuse our understanding, when we're trying to take our methods of measurement, measuring something that we can't actually measure. There's also, you can get into so many assumptions that happen when we're talking about the age of things and dating methods. It all goes on assumptions that everything is constant and that nothing has ever changed in the thousands and thousands of years of the Earth's and universe's existence. But we allot for Adam and Eve to not be infants, but we don't allow for the universe to not be created with the appearance and maturity of age. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. Again, we're talking about science, but they're trying to determine something that science can never determine. Because science cannot recreate the universe. Science cannot recreate the origins of this earth. It can't be witnessed, observed, can't be changed. And then we get to, well, the argument becomes, well, then Adam and Eve aren't. Literal. Genesis is not literal. 
Which brings another problem. Okay, so if Genesis 1 is not literal, and then because of that, Genesis 2 must not be literal, and Genesis 3 must not be literal, well, when exactly do we start taking Genesis literally? Do we start taking it literally at Noah? Well, no, there's no evidence of a global flood, even though there is all around us. Do we take it at the Tower of Babel? Well, no, because that doesn't make any sense. So we've written off the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Do we start believing it at Abraham? Well, I, I don't know. Or what about Lot? Well, no, we can't believe that because of Sodom and Gomorrah. When do we start taking the Bible literally? And if we can't take Genesis literally, can we take Exodus literally? Well, no, those plagues could have never happened. Okay, well, if we can't take Exodus literally, can't take Genesis literally, what can we take literally? And if we can't take this book literally, then how do we know that we are lost? How do we know that we have a need for a Savior? Better yet, not only how do we know we have a need for a Savior, how do we know that as the Bible recorded what Christ did for our salvation, how do we know, A, that it happened, or B, that it even matters? It's a dangerous game we play when we start saying that Genesis can't be taken literally. You know, I wrote a paper in, in college about Genesis 1, chapter 5, specifically regarding the, the, the word yom, which is the Hebrew word for day, in Genesis 1 through 5. And all of the evidence, both external evidence, historical evidence, biblical evidence, it all points to, yes, it's talking about a literal 24-hour day. And we could go on and on describing why we believe that, why we know that to be true. But people don't want to believe it. But the fact of the matter is, the reality of the matter is, if you write off Genesis as not the literal Word of God, if you discount Genesis, you can discount everything else in Scripture, and by necessity, you must call everything in Scripture into question. Now, there are people that are going to say, but you know what, you, 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 you crazy uh, fundamental fanatics, which is just a, a, a derogatory term they try to levy to disparage people who want to believe the Bible says and means what it actually says. But they say, you fundamentalists, You don't know what you're talking about. You, you take everything literally. And when they say that, what they're really saying is, we don't believe there's any symbolism, we being the people who believe the Bible, that we don't believe there's any symbolism in the Bible that we take everything literally, that there must be unicorns walking around, that there must be dragons, that there must be, 
you know, all these things. And we don't take anything as symbolic or figurative. That the word of God must actually be a literal sword. Well, that's nonsense too. That's just arguing from ignorance. Of course there is symbolism in Scripture. Of course there is figurative language in Scripture. But you follow the normal means of interpreting a text just as we would any historical account, any piece of literature, whether it be biblical literature, secular literature, English, Greek, Hebrew, Chinese. There are rules that follow to determine, like obviously poetry may or may not be literal. But when you're giving a historical play-by-play account, notice Genesis 1 is not saying it was as if God said, let there be light. It is God saying, I did this. I've done this. The fact of the matter is, friends, that the Bible is God's Word. Science has not discredited this book. Science has not even begun to attempt to accurately discuss the origins of the universe because it can't. What is happening is people simply don't want to believe in God. And so they explain Him away. And they try to rationalize it. And they try to say, this is not the way it is because this is not according to human understanding. This is not according to the way we think, the way we know things to be true. But the Bible says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe the one who actually created, not the creation who tries to explain away its creator. The literalness of Genesis 1 is crucial to everything that we hold. It is crucial to everything that marks anything that we hold dear, anything that we believe, and we would best not forget that. Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, for your word and for your testimony of what you have done. Let us not forget who you are and the power that you have. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.